Hi, welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. I'm Nate, and on this podcast I interview the Bible Song founder David Newquist about the rationale and craft behind his word-for-word setting of the Bible. Here at the Bible Song Podcast, we're all about making it easy for the church to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. In today's episode, David tells us what version of the Bible he uses for the Bible song. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, So today on the Bible Song Podcast, welcome (laughs) along everyone. Uh, I wanted to ask the founder, Dave, about um, what version of the Bible you use when you're setting the Bible to music. That's a great question. It's one of the top questions I get. and uh, when I started this, I was using, um, when, I, when I first started setting scripture to music 50 years ago, 45, some of the versions we have now weren't even out, but the uh, King James was obviously out, New American Standard, Revised Standard. So I was going uh, straight uh, with those versions and I wasn't doing it. I was, as I mentioned, perhaps in another podcast, I was just composing straight through without repeating a line or a verse or anything and using an actual version word for word uh, at that point. Was it one version or were you picking from? Uh, it, and at that time, I was, I was just trying to memorize scripture. So I would pick up, you know, I would use different versions and I would um, occasionally like it at camp where the kids were trying to get points for, uh, you know, they have competitions at these summer church camps, right? There's always competitions. And there was some of them as athletic. Some of it's how clean you keep your cabin, you get inspected. Some of it's, can you, how many scripture can you memorize? So we blew everybody out with the points from, because I taught them long passages in um, music, with music. So they, you know, my team or whatever it was, they knew all these scriptures. And so we had all these points. So we, we put ourselves over the top with that. But uh, at that time, it, I was just trying to memorize scripture for my own benefit. And I wasn't ever thinking about until really until maybe 15 years ago, I was never thinking about extending this to other, to teach this to others until God made it very clear. That's really my life calling and that, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So, so I, did you did you continue when you started doing this as your life calling to use those three versions you mentioned, or did you start to branch out? How did you choose a version? Well, now that I knew I was going to do it, excuse me, do it for others, then I had to consider, okay, this is going to be published or this is going to be, and then I started looking at the copyright issues because. There are copyrighted. Most of the versions are copyrighted. And uh, I started hunting for, I was going to continue to do the way I had been doing it, but I was looking for a, a non-copyrighted version. Well, King James is obviously not copyrighted. Mm-hmm. And um, I found some other like Webster's, different ones from a long time ago that were translations. Um, and then I ran across something called the World English Bible. And I know you're familiar with that because mm-hmm. I've seen you do some uh, readings of it online. So I thought, well, okay, I can use the World English Bible and not run into copyright issues with 
because I had no idea what might happen in terms of copyrights and wanting royalties and those things. I, I give everything, it's a ministry, everything is given freely and I just rely on donations. So I didn't want to get into having haggles with uh, some of these, um, you read every one of them has their, their rules. You can use so many verses and, and this much and all that, you know. So when I found the World English Bible, that was a real inspiration. Like, oh, thank you, Lord, because now that you've asked me to do this and really promote it publicly for others, I have a version I can use. Mm-hmm. And I started going, putting, by putting that in, and, and that's often the way I still start a chapter. I'll put the chapter in the World English Version in. But then as I was doing the through composing, I, I don't know, I, I listened to some of my older ones that I did um, straight through. And I thought, well, I guess that's not necessarily to, to stick with that. I could repeat a, ver- a verse or a, a line, or uh, I could look at a multiple number of versions uh, on Bible Hub, look at the Greek, and I could start, I started branching out, making decisions based on internal rhyming. I guess I had already done that for a long time, but I would find within a verse, I would find uh, one verse that, one word that rhymes with another word, even within that verse. And so I would, I would use the phrase, musical phrase that would help me end on that word, even if the word is and. And then I and I find another word with his hand or something like that hmm. to make it rhyme. But then as I looked at all these different versions, and, and I only use highly respected versions that are like on Bible Gateway or Blue Letter Bible, Bible Hub, you know, they're, these are good versions. But I have as many as 55 or more versions that I can look at. And, uh, and then, of course, you can look at the Greek and all that. So I would, I found in doing that, I think, you know what, uh, now, New American Standard translates that same Greek word, but they say, they say this word, whereas NIV says this word. But if I were to borrow the New American Standard word for that here, I could make this rhyme. So I started doing that, you know, uh, incorporating. And then I also started, as I, the music would come to me, it made more sense sometimes to make the, this is a meditation Bible. This is to be for scriptural. We're supposed to really take time to meditate on his word. So it helped. I thought, well, why not include this word and this word and this word? So I have several from different versions that it's like the Amplified Bible does, you know, in parentheses, they'll put all the synonyms for the word or they'll extrapolate a little bit on it. Right. And that, that made a lot of sense to me. I thought, well, that's going to expand the understanding. This is not something we're trying to rush through. This is with music. We're supposed to be singing and, and or hearing it and listening. Hearing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we want faith to come. We want to be able to respond to the word. We want to imbibe the word. We want to uh, humbly accept and embrace the implanted word in our hearts so it can transform us. So I thought, well, there's nothing wrong with me uh, using synonyms from respected versions and putting them in the, in the musical line. Hmm. So I started doing that. And that's when it really became not a single version anymore, even even just, but, but a new version, really. And hmm. sometimes I call it an all scripture hymnal. It's all scripture, but there are lines that are repeated. Or so you couldn't, even if you used King James, 
and you repeated one line once in a while, you could no longer call it the King James Version because if you're going to call something a version, it has to be word for word exact what that version is. And as soon as I started branching and going, well, musically, if I would just repeat this line, which, you know, I'm, I knew it, but I, I, had, I didn't do it intentionally until afterwards I thought about it. And so, well, this is what, this is Hebrew, Hebraic poetry where they use parallelism. So I started using parallelism and synonyms for rhyming purposes and melodic purposes and make it more musical. So I think my later compositions in the last 10 years lend themselves to being a little bit more musical, although people are, they're really happy with the through compose because I get right through the chapter, like Ephesians 1, I go through with four minutes, the whole right. chapter, and that's a long chapter. It's a long one, yeah. And then the whole book, you can get through and memorize the whole book and you can sing it in a little, you know, less than 30 minutes or so. Hmm. Whereas some of my new chapters, like James 1, my chapter is like 25 minutes long. Yeah, it is. One chapter <laughs> because I'm repeating things and I'm like elongating. It's again, it's all scripture, but it's taking from some of the word for word versions and some from the, you know, from the literal version, the word for word, and some from the dynamic versions and combining them really into uh, a com combination of literal and dynamic both so it's thought for thought dynamic is more thought for thought hmm. so I, that way too i'm protecting the the integrity of the what the word is actually saying because there's the debate about okay a literal version that really gets you know we're taking that greek word and we're putting it right what it what it said and what it meant but sometimes a, a literal translation loses a little bit in the context of the modern reader because it's not it's kind of jumpy or you know it's not as smooth flowing where it's a thought for thought you say the thought in a a more modern way without disrespect you're respecting the intent and the, of the yeah. author and all that so by combining the two i get the best of both worlds mm -hmm. i'll use the literal thing and then i'll, I'll repeat the line using hebraic poetry using the thought for thought method and it's a kind of a really kind of cool thing since this is a meditation Bible. I don't think with my new way of composing, just reading my text would maybe see a little awkward because why am I repeating this line, reading it twice, you know? Right. But lyrics for songs would feel the but same for songs, way. <laughs> it feels totally appropriate. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of an explanation uh, of what I do. Can I re repeat back? what I heard and please do yeah okay so you said initially you were drawing um from some of the older and more respectful versions for your own personal um musical settings for your own personal memorization occasionally for groups you were leading and then about 15 years ago when the lord uh, brought you to do this as a ministry as your life's work you started to look more seriously into the issue of copyright and realize you had to uh, pick from public domain uh, settings like the World English Bible or the KJV. Um, and so you were doing through composing with that. And then as you went along, you realized that uh, part of the point of setting the Bible to music was to bring out the emotion and some of the, um, the meaning and allow people to soak and meditate in the word more. So you started to... Um, mix and match different versions that 
amplified each other, brought out different nuances of uh, some of the different words. And like the Hebrew poetry would have parallelism with a repeated line with maybe just a slightly different way of phrasing it. You'd take these New Testament passages and basically do the same thing in English. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I did. The, the, obviously, the New Testament is not Hebraic. It's, it's in, you know, right. but um, I use that. It's biblical. So I use that technique into the New Testament. Hmm. And perhaps we can play a couple examples of, and then we'll uh, discuss those when we come back from listening to a couple examples of these approaches. Though you have not seen him, you love him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, believe in him. And you are filled with Inexpressible and glorious joy, glorious joy. You are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, glorious joy, glorious joy. Receiving the outcome, result, and very goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Receiving the outcome, result, and very goal of your faith, your salvation. Though you have not seen him, you love him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, believe in him. Salvation of your souls, receiving the outcome, result, and very goal of your faith, your salvation. Though you have not seen him, you love him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. Salvation of your souls, receiving the outcome, result, and very goal of your faith, your salvation. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially, 
according to each one's deeds. Conduct yourselves in reverent fear during the time of your stay on earth, living as strangers in exile, living as strangers in exile. Knowing that you were redeemed, not with corruptible things, such as silver or gold, from the useless way of life, handed down from your ancestors, your fathers of old. is like grass in all his glory like the flower of the grass the grass withers and its flower falls all flesh is like grass all his glory like the flower of the grass the grass withers and its flower falls but the word of the Lord endures Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him through Jesus those who have died. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him through Jesus those who have died, those who sleep in Jesus. This we declare to you by your word from the Lord. Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him through Jesus those who have died in Jesus, those who sleep in Jesus. Wow, I really enjoyed those, and um, 
one thing that occurred to me as um, I was listening was that I would feel nervous about mixing and matching different versions. I think when I started doing scripture settings, part of the appeal of doing it word for word was that I wouldn't, you know, get anything wrong. So the freedom that you have to um, try to bring out the different meanings with the different versions, that's something I'm really curious about. How do you make those choices between the different versions? How do you know when like a word is appropriate here or there? Are there people you talk to as you're going through? Do you, do you pray about the things that you're, the choices you're making? I, yeah, I, I literally pray over every verse as I'm composing it, every single verse. Hmm. I pray, I'm praying constantly as I'm composing the music. And the music just comes to me. It's just a gift God's given me. But uh, I always encourage everyone to uh, try to apply their own music or things as well. But uh, I believe this is, uh, so the music comes to me. But then I never add to scripture. Well, there's a couple places where I put, I put a hallelujah, hallelujah. There's only one hallelujah, essentially, I think, in the Bible. And I added a hallelujah someplace. Now, it's a responsory reading in church, though. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a couple places where I uh, might tag a couple words that um, that are, uh, and I put them in, I try to put them in italics. So it's saying, okay, this was an addition to finish up the line and make it rhyme. But I very rarely do I do that. But just so everybody know, they're, they'll say, he said he never, you know, there's a couple of places they might find, well, wait a minute, you know, I can't find that in any of these 55 versions, <laughs> you know, if they want to look real hard. Uh, but it's like a word like hallelujah. And if God, like Paul's saying, for this, I will praise the Lord. And then for this, I will say hallelujah. I think that's in Philippians chapter one, you know. And so it was just, it just felt right to say it. And hallelujah, you know, means praise to the Lord. So it was just another way of saying it. Um, but I never add anything that's not in a respect. So all I'm doing, if I'm adding words, I'm adding uh, words that are already like in the NIV. Like I take a phrase and then I take the phrase from the ESV or something. And by the way, you know, as I've been doing all these comparisons of versions, you'll, I find all the time, this version over here, the ESV and maybe uh, Amplified Bible or whatever, am I looking at them? And they're saying this exactly the same way. You could say, well, who's copying who? And they're not, you know, they're, they're saying the exact same words for several phrases, and that happens all the time. Hmm. Especially in the ones that, you know, they got the literal ones, as we talked about, and you have the dynamic, which are, which are more uh, thought for thought. So you could say, oh, they're copying each other. Well, no, they're not. They, they sort of are. They're, it's like the book of... Um, uh, Matthew and Luke especially Luke wrote his gospel that he was drawing Mark was probably the earliest gospel as we think so Matthew drew on Mark and Luke drew on both of those and other resources and as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word you know so he's taking from all these eyewitnesses and these other, other compilations of, of oral and written stories, Luke, and he's compiling them into, he, Luke was the best historian. 
Luke, actually, a lot of people don't realize he wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Most people would say, oh, it's Paul. And uh, even Paul's if you... It's very short, though. Even if you include Paul as, as... If you think Paul was the author of Hebrews, which I do not, even if you think that, uh, Luke wrote more because you look how long... Luke, he wrote Luke, and then the second uh, volume of Luke is, is Acts. It's a Luke-Acts is his work. And that's... <laughs> There's a lot there, Luke and Acts. I've said it all the music, but I'm producing it as I go. I think I've only produced through chapter four of Luke right at this this date today, which is early January, 2022. Hmm. Uh, so um, essentially, I'm, I've kind of lost my track of thinking, but so Luke wrote that. And I think Luke, I think very possibly wrote Hebrews as well. And possibly, I like to think Apollos did, you know, so we, that we have something from Apollos, but nobody mm -hmm. really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. Right. I, I lost my train of thought, my, whatever the question was, oh, but maybe how do, how do I have confidence to, Yeah. it's, it's because I'm not changing anything. All I'm doing is amp, like the amplified Bible. How do they have confidence to put in all those synonyms after a word? It's because they're just, there are different ways that Greek word can be translated. When you're, doing a word for word translation or a thought for thought you have to pick one of those meanings or you know in english you have to choose that word now the paraphrased versions maybe they try to elaborate a little bit this isn't what i do i never paraphrase and i never draw from a paraphrased version because that's one man's uh investigation meditation and thinking about what that verse says but i never i never draw, i shouldn't say never there might have been one time or two where i've I've done kind of like what the NAS does or ESV. And then I see something in the, like the living, new living or something. Boy, that really, that really says something. But I could say, I could count on one hand the times in the whole New Testament that I did something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's always paired with something that's a thought for thought or word for word. Mm -hmm. So that's a long-winded answer. And then the, when, you, when you combine a thought for thought, dynamic, and, and the, um, word for word, which is called literal equivalency, dynamic equivalency and literal equivalency. A combination of those, which some versions use, is called optimal equivalency. Let's see, uh, I've written down, because I do get this question, I've written down, but New International Version, New, New English Translation, Christian Standard Bible, New Century Bible, utilize combinations of formal and dynamic equivalence. Formal being literal and dynamic being thought for thought. So it's called optimal equivalency. So I'd really say that what I've done is like an optimal equivalency uh, version. Now, I know people get all steamed up about what version things is, things are. And therefore, I call it also <laughs> the, the Bible song, all scripture hymnal, New Testament, okay? Now, if you think of it, I guess you can see that. <laughs> I don't know how to do this stuff. If you think of it as a hymnal, then who's going to have a problem with that? I mean, hymnals are all based on scripture, but this is an all scripture hymnal because everything in here is scripture. But if they want to think of it as a hymnal to meditate on God's word, then think of it that way. Don't get all hung up about in the versions and also, a very important thing I say, do not 
memorize and meditate. Do not memorize to music. The version that you want to study regularly or read mm -hmm. regularly. This is not a replacement for any version of scripture at all. This is an adjunctive help for Christians to help them meditate on God's word because it uses the powerful gift of music, hmm. which does many, many things. But one of the things it does, music carries emotion. So you're able to take the passage. <clears throat> we spoke about this in another podcast. And you take that passage and you can drive home with the feeling of the music what that passage is is communicating that's if you're able to do so as a you know a composer and so you can make the music serious when it's a serious thing you can make it a little lighthearted. you can do whatever the passages are doing with the music being a servant the music is always just the servant to the text the text is primary all my singers i tell them please articulate enunciate text is primary we want to get the word across hmm. but the secondary thing that's sort of king in this or important is melody because i mean you can do it with just so-so melodies but if you get a really really catchy melodies that carry that music and not only catchy but impactful hmm. so there when you're talking about you know those who do not believe in christ are condemned already because they do not obey that you know you not obey the gospel of god those kind of passages you don't want to be jingle Happy. bells you know? <laughs> yeah i mean some people and it's fine when they they apply little tunes to scripture uh to help them remember things you know the three blind mice or whatever they use little tunes everybody knows and that's okay and that'll get that into your mind and heart but it's i think more impactful when you go through and and the music is dynamically, so I like that word dynamic, dynamic through composing, I call it, dynamically supporting what the text says, because mm -hmm. then it's really hitting you, and it's hitting you big time. But if you do this with long passages, that long passage to that music is indelibly imprinted. It's like a, a little baby and animal or you know imprinting even humans if when you're first a baby and you come out and you you imprint on your mother you know mm -hmm. this is an imprinting of this word into your mind and into your heart almost like a newborn babe you know says in scripture like newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word you're getting that milk of the word and it's imprinting into you and it's it's going deep into you just like a, a little babe mm -hmm. and then later, I, I think of James 1, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Same Absolutely. Kind of it's implanted then. And then you never, you really, a person never forgets most, most 90 some percent when they learn something with music, they remember it the rest of their life. Hmm. So it never goes away. So I'm, I'm trying to get back to the, what I was trying to say is don't memorize the whole chapters in the version that you like to read daily or study what them, yeah. is you pick up uh, that version to read it and if now you've memorized it the music starts going yep 
the same thing has happened for me in the World English Bible. Uh, even I think your setting of John 1, which is more through composed, uh, parts of it sound very much like the old NIV. <laughs> and I remember opening up to read with my family and just having your function <laughs> in my head. Yeah. So, so you can kind of you understand what I'm saying. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm yeah. So I, I suggest, and, and that's another reason I feel comfortable expanding it a little and you know making it a little different using these other words and the Hebrew parallelism and the and the rhyming words because it's really its own version it's its own experience hmm. and and so you can use this for the purpose of a meditation on scripture day and night and when you have it musically literally you can fall asleep wake up when I wake up hear music in my head just you can imagine just all this scriptures just going and the Holy Spirit uses it one of the things I'll bring up here is that it was a, it was there was many things God's shown me or spoken to me about this or I wouldn't be doing it you know here I am turning 71 in a few couple of weeks and you know I, but I, this is a passion for me and this is this is a I believe a world-changing event for the church but um now I lost what I was going to say totally lost what i was going to say well you were saying there are things that god has showed you about it yeah yes yeah i've i've kind of forgotten what i was going to say about that he has showed me a lot of things <laughs> i'm sure they'll come up in our future they'll podcast. come up again <laughs> yeah that's great i should have played the music then i'd remember it yeah right <laughs> Well, David, thank you so much for walking us through how you use the different versions of scripture to make the all scripture hymnal. Really appreciate you sharing uh, the journey with us. We're looking forward to the next stage of the journey. So thank you so much and God bless everybody that's listening. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the Bible Song Podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at thebiblesong.com or at patreon.com forward slash thebiblesong. Thanks once again. Have a great day.